Hello there and welcome to the second episode in Yorkshire Housing's Raising the Roof podcast series. I'm your host here at Yorkshire Housing, Nick Atkin, and the point of these podcasts is to look at the topical issues that are not only having an impact on the housing world, but we're also deliberately trying to think a little bit more widely than than just housing. So there are a few more in this in this season, so keep an eye out for, for the details of the topics who's taking part and the dates of those. And all of the podcasts will be available via your usual uh, provider platforms. So on to today, and what better way to kick off part two than with three people who were right at the top of my list when we were designing today's podcast. So today is all about the the Martini Principle, which is, uh, for those of you who are under the age of uh, probably 40, you won't know what Martini is other than some dreadful drink that you have in, in, at parties when there's nothing else left. But it used to have uh, an advert uh, and a strap line, which was anytime, anyplace, anywhere. And that um, is pretty much the Martini principle in terms of uh, the future of work post-pandemic. So I'm absolutely chuffed to bits today to be joined by, by three people. And I'll give you a very brief pen portrait of each of them, and then we'll launch straight in. So no particular order, uh, but um, we have Yvonne Castle. Yvonne is the Chief Exec at Johnny Johnson Housing uh, in the northwest of England. Uh, we won't hold that against her, the fact that... <laughs> Because she does also have uh, she does also have homes that they manage and, and own on the right side of the Pennines as well. So we, we, we've let her in um, on that basis. Yvonne told me that she used to be an accountant, but uh, she left the world of finance for the love of people. Um, so apologies to accountants out there who have now offended by uh, by Yvonne's sort of uh, career career choice. But um, hey ho, you know, say it as you find it. Um, and she describes um, it. What gets her out of bed every day, as as it's the people. Now um, that's interesting because clearly she's got um, a much better approach in terms of how she she does her work than me. I just use an alarm clock, but she's clearly got a whole team of people who help her uh, get up every morning. So um, great to have Yvonne on board. Um, and Yvonne's here. Um, she's really led the way on on new thinking in the houses sector. Um, the, the the new innovation hub that Johnny Johnson. Have set up is operating um, as we speak and they've also introduced alongside that uh, my lifestyle um, and that's a, a new way of working and I'll, I won't steal any of Yvonne's thunder. Um, and uh, next we have uh, Jenny, Jenny Hill. Uh, Jenny is director and, and head commercial interior designer at Ingo Interiors um, and that's um, an interior design service specializing interestingly in flexible and agile working uh, office space designs. Um, she's an award-winning designer. Um, she's a bit a bit shy and coy about her achievements, um, so I'm here to sort of tell you a bit more about her. Um, she set up Ingo Interiors nine years ago, uh, but before that, uh, she was uh, she had a career in TV production. Woo, I hear you say. Um, and she was involved in in uh, some of the big hits, such as uh, Brookside, um, I'm not very good with my Scouse accent, sorry, and, uh, and also Hollyoaks. Um, and worked uh, for five years as, as an interior designer for, for architects and building surveyors and, and fit-out firms as well. So um, Jenny's really well-placed. Um, her experience and her approach to, to designing offices has become probably more relevant. She was probably a, a bit of a lone voice previously. Um, and what's interesting is post-pandemic, the rest of the world has caught up to where uh, both Jenny's thinking is, but also where Yvonne's thinking is as well. Um, she's currently uh, working with the Canal and River Trust 
assisting them in, their, in transforming their office spaces into flexible working hubs, which bearing in mind it's a canal and river trust, and um, it's probably uh, a few boats uh, that they're working on, and that's, that's uh, agile and flexible working. Um, she's completed one and there's 10 more to go. So um, if you see um, one of those boats, barges going up and down the river, it's probably probable that Jenny's had some, some part in that. Um, and last, but by no means least, uh, we've got Nina, Nina Everson. Uh, Nina's the head of people here at Yorkshire Houses. She joined us uh, back in, in September 2019, uh, following uh, an interview uh, in Cafe Nero. Uh, yes, uh, that really did happen. Um, and her focus has been on developing our people and culture strategy um, and also completely overhauling and refreshing our, our values and behaviours and enabling us to, to be better placed, to be a more uh, flexible and innovative and forward-thinking employer. Now, you might guess from her posh accent, um, it's not just because she lives in York. Um, she's not a native Yorkshire person. Um, she moved here in 2018 and we gave her residential status in Yorkshire uh, shortly after that. Um, but she came on the on the promise uh, of a calmer lifestyle. Um, I'm probably fair to say that hasn't materialised during her time at Yorkshire Housing, but um, I'll let her tell you, tell you more about that. In a previous life, she was Director of People at Catalyst Housing in West London. So um, between her time in London and her time in York, um, she obviously was a big fan of, of commuting and spending time uh, stuck in under people's sweaty armpits on overpriced and overcrowded trains. Um, and so actually now speaking to her, she finds it hard to believe that she used to spend four years uh, commuting um, from York to London as well, thousands of hours and thousands of pounds on trains just to, to sit in an office. So again, three people who are, are really, really uh, well-placed to, to give us a view of where life is. So I'm going to shut up now. I'm going to pass over to, to them and I'm, I'm going to uh, kick off uh, really with, with, with Yvonne. Um, Yvonne, you're very much um, definitely leading the way uh, with new ways of working in, in, in the housing world. Um, How's it been for you? Just give us a give us a feel of, of how that has all approached, how that whole approach that you've got has developed and, and emerged and how you've taken your, your colleagues on what is a very different path to, to many others around you. Yeah, thanks, Nick. And um, for, for those that are listening, you'll really zone in that I am from the right side of the Pennines with the lovely Yorkshire accent. So, <laughs> um, yeah, thanks very much for that. So, um it's, it's been a real good uh, experience, I think, for us. It's been really engaging and that's been the key. So what really happened was we, we, we were on the ball straight away with what was happening because we have daily huddles. We've been having daily huddles for about four years or so now. Um, and so actually, as it was all um, you know, going off overseas, we were already starting to think we know what's going to happen. So um, we were ready. And we'd continued with our daily huddles, strengthened those with business continuity. But we were in a position, I think this is the really important thing, that's maybe why we've sort of fast-tracked it a little. We were, we were already well down 
what is this future of work going to look like? Um, and we've done a lot of work on leadership development to get that accountability, responsibility, and um, culture that we wanted and really embracing of the values. And we've done a lot of work around technology. So we were ready when those office doors shut on that big day, we were ready. Um, and the whole of the organisation went into working from home. Um, and that was even our emergency telecare service in Astralite. The, the next bit of the jigsaw for us at that time was to invest in our existing offices to turn that into a modern, agile, uh, real fresh, the type of thing that Jenny um, does and, and, and take the existing building and do that. But at our first meeting, um, of the executive, which was all being done virtually in April. We have a quarterly off-site away day, so it's after each of the end of the quarter. So it happened to be in April. We said, we'll do it virtually. We did a lot of sort of blue sky thinking. And we just said, you know what? It doesn't feel right to spend that money because what we could have done is spent the money there and then during the period that nobody was in. That would have been really logical. But we said it doesn't feel right to spend the money, uh, especially not when we were foreseeing um, what was going to come ahead for our residents, you know, and the things around universal credit, recession, all of those. So we said it's not right. And actually what we're doing is we're trying to make something into what we want. So we were pretty clear very early on that that wasn't the right thing to do. We needed to think differently, which is what we've done. So what the, the most important thing to me, which is why I love people. People are fascinating and really interesting and everyone's different and got great stories to tell. And so what we said, right, okay, we need to redesign our future. We need to think about it now. This was back in April. So um, what are we gonna do? We're gonna create what we called My Futures Group. And My Futures Group was um, about a dozen people from different parts of the business, um, so um, also people that had been with us either a long time or people that had just joined us. There were a mix of ages so we could get a real good balance for them to create the new world of work. And that was um, my futures group. And my futures group came up with the concept which we've uh, adopted of my lifestyle. My lifestyle is very much about understanding individuals, um, uh, families, and you know what they have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think the pandemic, I think we've got to know our colleagues even more during the pandemic because we see them in their environments, not in an office environment, but in their environment. So we see their families, we see their kids, we see their kitchens or the sofas or the spare bedrooms or what they've got, what the you know people haven't and what they're trying to work through. So it was really that that was a key. Um, so my lifestyle is um, all around I can manage work commitments and my family life. Um, I can do life admin when it works for me. So that might be, you know, you go to the doctors or the dentist or you've got to get your car fixed or something, you know. It, there was a real push around, I can be healthy. I can do an exercise class. I can go for a run, take the dog for a walk, get on my bike. Um, I, I can look after my elderly rel re uh, relative or dependent when needed. I can manage my personal and professional development I can listen to that webinar or the podcast I can do some charity work so I can do all of this 
And the key with my lifestyle is it fits with the needs of the business. It's putting customers first and then what fits in with the team and what fits in with you. So our view is as long as there's been adult to adult conversations that says, this is what I could really do with to help me give my best at work and be my best person out of work. You know, can we make this work? Great stuff. And, and, and I love that. I love that my lifestyle and, and reflecting the fact that what you were seeing behind you, you know, the, you know, the, the people's kids walking past and the dogs and cats jumping up and, and, and also reflecting the fact that, you know, we know many of our colleagues have, have worked in quite, quite difficult circumstances in, in, in their home life as well. Um, I, I'm just interested as well about, about the board, because this is a really brave move, uh, particularly for a chief exec to, to sort of take, to, to go to a board and say, do you know what, we're going to throw away the rule book in terms of how we work, when we work, where we work. How did you how did you get that that board level and senior level buy in? Re- really interested in that, Avon, in terms of how you got got that change. Because I know many people listening to this that'll be their big worry. How do I get you know some of the key decision makers in my organisation, depending on which level they're at, to, to actually get this? So any top tips? Yeah, top tips. Lots of engagement. Um, lots of conversations, and one of the things that we hadn't really thought about early on but our board were really keen on was being clear what the measures of success of all of this would be um so we 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 knew it and we felt it in our heads and we were doing regular pulse surveys as many do so we knew it was the right way to go the organization was telling us that um, you know, this this idea was a great idea and would help them, but lots of conversations. So my board at first um, weren't um, um, weren't particularly bought in and very concerned about how do you really keep we've got strong engagement we've got strong values it's very visible and our boards see that when they either used to come into uh, our previous place of work for who for those people that were in the office because 60 percent of our people are actually out and about in all sorts of geographical areas in the north um but they get a vibe and when we do um one team talks which are get togethers for the whole of the business they can see and feel the culture so they were really keen that we didn't lose that because it's really strong in, in JJ. It's really good, really positive, and we live the values. And, and so um, there was quite a lot of concern, um, but we tested things. We tried things, we tested, and we engaged. We set up various board task and finish groups, or we took things to various committees. And actually, it's been a full 12-month journey um, from that first discussion in April to a strategy day with the board in July to various task and finish groups and board meetings and committee meetings around the where we work and the how we work. And things have just got finalised literally in March. So it has been a full a full governance journey. So so that's mm. that's my top top tip. Just really engage and talk things through, but think about measures of success I do use quite a lot of gut feel and one of my development areas is to you know use more data that can help support or not the gut feel that I have um and and that's that sounds like a a very a very similar sort of uh set of set of areas I need to focus on as well so I absolutely get that up on and 
some great tips there as well in terms of just the journey. It's, this isn't just a, a quick fire one report thing. You know, the, I think the, the sort of general message there was, you know, that's taking people along this journey. And I think that 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 does reflect the fact that for all of us, this is completely rethinking some of the long held norms about about what work is and how work's done and where it's done. So um, that's great. Loads of learning there. Thank, thanks. Man. I'm going to come back to you. Uh, in, in a short while along, because I want to talk about customer sort of service, but I'm going to flip across if I can to, to Jenny and then and then on to Nina, but to Jenny first, really, because I suppose Jenny then takes uh, your vision and, and some of the things that, that you, people like you and I sort of speak about um, and, and turns them into reality. And I, I think I first came across Jenny uh, a few years ago in a, in a former life. And, and at that point, um, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, Jenny, a big, big confession here. I've never confessed this to you before, um, but I've never been a big fan of interior designers. They've always hacked me off. And you were a breath <laughs> of fresh air in that um, you were very, very different. In that you didn't just come and sell me um, what you'd done in the last five jobs that you'd done. You actually sat, listened, taught, understood the culture, understood where the business wanted to go, and then came back with a whole series of quite wacky, I have to say, quite wild and wacky, but, but really appealed to me ideas around, around how that related to each of those things that were important to, to the business. Yeah. But you, you have been the architect, literally, in many cases, of, of designing and, and rethinking um, the workspace, not the workplace, interestingly. Um, and, and I suppose much of what you've been talking about for the last few years, interestingly, within the last 12 months, has, has suddenly become the norm. Yeah. So I suppose... My question for you is, is more about what's next, because mm. if what was new and fresh is now the accepted norm, where's your head at? Where, what's, what's the workspace of the next few years going to look and feel like? And, and how is that going to be different from, from where things are at the moment? I think even that question makes me feel excited about the future, because I just think, imagine where we can go if we're, this is where we're at now. And I think I think even yourself has admitted that your company and many other companies have fast forwarded maybe three years. Their projection has, has just gone, right, let's do it now rather than wait for the future. I, um, but I think we all had a period of time when the lockdown was announced and everybody was sent home from offices. I think there was a lot of transition then. I mean, luckily Yvonne and yourselves, you were very well placed, as you say, to have the technology there and things. But a lot of companies had been resisting because they said, oh, we'd like to do that in the future, but we're just not at the right, it's, this isn't the right time. We don't have the technology. And all of a sudden it was like, well, you're gonna have to get the technology because it's now happening. And um, so you were right before when you said that it's absolutely made it more easier for me to get my, my design ideas, my concepts, the way that I saw people working out there because I do think there has been a lot of we're talking office-based work in here you know um that I've been into so many places where you go in and there's no natural light people are working in dark holes with fortresses of paper around them um the lighting levels of rubbish people have got heaters under their desk because they're sat next to somebody that hasn't you know is cold and the other person next to them has got a heater and then you've got all those issues that happen in an office you know the things that maybe people are getting rose tinted about now because we've all been out of offices for so long you know it's like suddenly it doesn't seem that bad anymore but remember those frustrations that everybody had you know the notices everywhere saying please unload the dishwasher don't leave your cups here it's like we were it's it's like you know 
it's a huge culture change what's just happened to us but isn't it a great chance to reset to get rid of all of the downsides of working in an office and just concentrate really on on the positives um but as you say making it a reality i i have come up against resistance you might have the board or the say the chief exec of a company that wants to make this happen but is getting resistance from a board uh, or you might have where you've got um the middle it, it, I say middle management, but you know that um, have worried about how they're going to look after their teams if people aren't in the office. And that, it was the same thing. Every time I'd go into a company, I was hearing the same things, but to each company, they feel like it's unique to them. So over time, I realized it was almost a happy meal type concept that I could. So as long as I heard people and, and understood, I think I very much remember, Nick, that you had the same outlook as me in terms of why do we have pedestals anymore when we're not using paperwork? And it's as simple things like that. Just questioning why you're doing things. Is it just tradition? Why is a company going along that route? But I also learned that I can't just do a Google office and expect everybody to love it, love it. Because, you know, if you get rid of that pedestal, where are people going to put their choose where they're going to put their lenses this is something we discussed and that you were already saying and then I said it and it was like we, we both were on the same page with that but you do come up against resistance where people are like well that's a silly idea if you get rid of that what am I going to do how am I going to work and then instinctively when you show anybody a plan they go well where am I going to sit and they're looking and they're not listening to the concept they're not listening to the design they're looking to where they're going to sit and I think that's a really interesting thing because we do as adults have ownership of ourselves except in the workplace you go into a workplace and suddenly someone else is in control of you that's how people feel so it's about pulling back power so I have to be very careful when I go into places not to just go in and go well, I'm going to do this amazing thing I've got to listen to people because you've really got to listen to the ideas and the concerns. And as you said, Yvonne, it's all about communication and talking to people, and making sure there's involvement and engagement. However, design by committee does rarely work. And I do have to put my foot down at times and say to people, but you have brought me in for a reason. I'm here to help advise you um, into how we do things. So when you say about the future of work, um, I think I'm going to have to be very careful not to go into a space age style when I go in and see people. I think I really, I just oh, need to... Take us there, Jenny. Take us there now. Take <laughs> us to where it's going to be. I and mean, this is the bit we really want. We want to know where it's going next. So, oh, but you, you're cool. like that. But what about other people? This is quite scary for a lot of people. So for me, I'm... They're listening to this podcast because they want to have their minds blown. So come on, take us there. <laughs> so where this could go. Well, I think one thing we've got to do is stop people going into a place and putting their beach towel down and saying, this is where I'm going to be sitting for the day. Oh, no, we've had a technical glitch just at the point where the future was about to be revealed to us. Oh, uh, we've got the beach towel and then we've had, we've had a glitch. So um, so we'll, we'll, we'll let Jenny uh, come back uh, come back online. Um, Nina, I'm going to whiz across to you if I can, um, just to uh, basically because you've you're bearing the scars, aren't you, of, of grappling with, with getting this rolled out in terms of um, agile homeworking and, and getting colleagues to sort of think about a new way of working and, and the contracts that sit behind that. Um, and, and it's great to see you today because we know that, um, you know, Yorkshire Housing being Yorkshire Housing, um, you, you've had... You, you know, you, you've had to borrow your neighbour's Wi-Fi to even get a connection to speak to us. So 
Um, but you know, at least nobody will know that. No, nobody in the business will know that. Um, but Nina, just just talk us through how how you take colleagues on a journey because certainly when you, it, this is fine when it's all conceptual and, and all the things that Avon was was beautifully sort of outlining. People actually get all excited about that. But suddenly, when you put a contract in front of them and say you're no longer an office based contract, here's an agile home working contract, people go, oh, "You must be trying to sack me or do something sort of behind the scenes or underhand." Um, so just just sort of you know what what's been your learning? What's your advice to anybody else who's listening to this? who's thinking, oh, God, yeah, that's just going to be a nightmare scenario to, to work their way through. You know, what what top tips would you offer? OK, thanks, Nick. Um, well, yeah, you, you know, you're, you're, you're right. And I think echoing some of what Yvonne said earlier, um, we we started this journey a long time before COVID. And, and I think, you know, some some of the foundations that we were starting to lay have really sort of helped us as, as we've gone through. So, so we introduced Agile Working, obviously, for our customer-facing roles back at the end of 2019. And, and, and more recently, we've gone the whole hog and introduced what we're, we're calling Agile Homeworking. Um, and that's for everybody who, who used to be um, office-based. So, so the starting point for me, like, like any change, um, was is really around kind of engaging people with that bigger vision and purpose you know what what are the possibilities what's the what, what are the opportunities for people as we, as we move forward into into something that's quite different um and and i think what we've done over time um is built that sort of really strong and consistent message and and obviously for yorkshire housing that started very much with with nick and um and nick's very clear vision um you know work is something we do not somewhere we go and and you were you were talking about that you know sort of many months before uh, before covid was a uh, covid was invented and and i think that was just starting to to set its seed and, and we've been able to sort of take that message forward with with i guess some reality for people um i, I think you know for most people before covid um sort of came along you know came and enforced that you know work from home if you can rule most people just hadn't tried a different way of working it was you know people had just spent years and years and years working nine to five in an office and you know daily commuting and the cost and the time and the hassle and all the things we sort of look at now and go really we used to do that it was just what people did and what people expected wasn't it and 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 I think for for, for us it's been a lot about using the opportunity if, if I dare say you know the the awful thing that was that has been COVID sort of gave an opportunity was was really just to sort of challenge some of those habits and some of that ingrained kind of long term thinking which I think you know we were all guilty of me included um, and you know you look you look back and you think I, I know know of other organisations who were almost in denial at the beginning in the first lockdown of of, of what was happening and were sort of you know sneaking executives into face to face meetings because they just couldn't visualise a way where where things could be different and and, and actually you know we've we've demonstrated that that it is possible so so for us um, you know after the first lockdown I think um, we realised that a lot of things that people were saying wasn't possible suddenly real you know people realized actually they were very possible and also people started feeling some real benefit which which I think you can't you can't talk about people have to experience it and I think that's what happened you know at Yorkshire housing so people suddenly felt a bit more cash in their pocket at the end of the month because they weren't spending hundreds of pounds on petrol or train tickets and you know expensive coffees out and things like that every day and people were also finding themselves spending more time with family and you know Yvonne talked a lot a lot before about you know just just being able to do things that you would never have conceived of doing in work time before just just suddenly was a was just a fantastic opportunity for, for you know for 
for us to, to explore further. We also laid a lot of foundations last year, which I think have really helped us. So one of those was the, um, the catalogue that we launched that, that enabled people who were working from home to order basically whatever they wanted to make, you know, work life at home comfortable for them. So, you know, that, that was you know, desks, chairs, even sad lamps and things like that to help people through the winter. Um, and and if you wanted it, you could have you could have some support getting your your, your kit set up at home. And and I think for that that sort of really helped people transition, perhaps from it being a temporary thing to something that was a lot more sustainable and, and comfortable for people. Um, and you know, in terms of top tips, I think um, I'd echo everything that's already been said that it has to be about talking to people. We we talked a lot with colleagues about the vision for the future and really sort of you know helped people understand that at quite an early stage probably well before people were ready to really put themselves in that space but they they kind of could see where where, where things would be we ran some focus groups which I think were really beneficial to just exploring what some of the issues were um, and understanding how people feel what people felt the barriers were what sort of concerns people had um, and sort of engaging people in that you know in that thinking um, and, and just we were really transparent with people about the future plans to, to close what was our, our head office in, in Leeds that was an absolute nightmare to get to and you couldn't park and the traffic was awful and it wasn't particularly nice when you were in there and we were really frank with people that that was, that was coming. Um, so to me it was, it's, it was about it being a considered process. We didn't just launch straight into something terrifyingly new and expect people just to, you know, to to, to, to accept it. It, it, was a, it, was a, it was quite a long period of time looking back that you know, we, we really thought about it, we tested how people felt and, and understood it before we, we did something. And in terms of the contracts on the sort of practical side of things, um, we of course took the opportunity not just to change the term that said, where are you located? This was, this was much more than that. It was about you know, completely redesigning our contracts so that they really reflected our sort of um, you know, future future ways of working ethos so that you know everything was everything about the contracts is very agile um, and we wanted to reflect you know the the organization that we were becoming not where we'd come from in the contracts um, and make sure there's really clear benefits for um, you know for, for colleagues and also for our customers too because ultimately that's that's what it came down to so so you know we we introduced that and we introduced um, the concept of our new hub home and Rome. Um, future of work alongside it so that people could put the two things together. Perfect um, example there Nina of pets and the joys of working at home behind you. <laughs> so yeah you know we, we made our agile home working contracts available to people on um, you know a sort of voluntary have a look and see what you think basis initially and, and people could sign in sign up if they wanted to and and, and and start sort of benefiting from the flexibility of the new contract straight away and around about half of our half of that population sort of chose to do so and then more recently we we've um you know gone into a more formal consultation um process with also with our wider agile workforce as well as the the sort of agile home workers um and and that's been a real opportunity i think to to engage in another level of conversation with people that were perhaps you know needed a bit more explanation needed a bit more um, assurance about what we're trying to achieve um and another top tip um is that we we use the opportunity to um to, to really engage our internal colleague forum in that process and they really really have led the consultation um, and sort of made it a really two-way discussion between you know colleagues and and, and 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 kind of management as it were um and we've just brought that consultation to a close and, and made a really positive uh, you know agreement for a way forward 
which I think everybody is, is, you know, is kind of a lot more comfortable with than they would have been if we'd have been doing this this time last year. So. No, that's great. Thanks, Nina. And I think one of the other benefits that you, you were sharing me the other day as well is that the um, it's widened our, our recruitment pool. So our, our ability to get talent who lives in previous perhaps wouldn't have considered applying. So uh, I think we've recently uh, taken on colleagues in, in Norwich, in, in Edinburgh. I know Jade, who's producing today, is, is uh, has moved to London recently. And, and I was I even found out that we've even got somebody who's, who's currently working for us in Brazil, which was, uh, I think it has to be like a, a first ever. Um, God, I don't want to see their expenses claimed. Um, so so thank, th- thanks, Nina. I'm going to come back to you in a minute. And and, and for those who, who are listening and, and not watching this, um, we have had a, a, a bit of a, a true sort of video conferencing uh, delights uh, where Jenny and Yvonne's uh, internet has, has intermittently dropped out. So the pinging has, has been a bit as I'm pleased to say, they've both been able to rejoin us. Jenny, I'm going to come back to you in a second because you were just a, you'd just taken the the uh, the towels off the chairs. We are in our last sort of eight eight minutes or so, and we, I need to get to the quick fire round. So, uh, but before I do that, I want to come back to you, Yvonne, because I'm I'm really interested in and and perhaps if we just give it a couple of minutes on this. But just there's been a lot of talk about the benefits for colleagues, but what about customers? What what's What's the, the, the opportunities here to re, re, rethink the customer offer from all of this? Yeah, definitely. Thanks, um, Nick. Uh, so absolutely customer first. And what we've learned is um, that our residents are happy for us to contact us in different ways. We have been engaging um, through using technology. We've still run forums, for example, but there's much more for residents about the flexibility so we've run some focus groups with residents on a weekend or on an evening but actually what we're completely doing is re-looking at the service that we provide not just the physical services that are contracted we specialize in um, older persons independent living so you know the gardening the cleaning um windy cleaning those types of things that are really really important to our residents but we're looking very closely we're working with a national organization on activities and befriending thinking about the whole mental health this period has really raised the roof on that yeah. so we are doing a lot more digital engagement, but when we can do some face-to-face engagement, we will. But the one thing that I would say briefly that's come out of all of this is partnership working's been really phenomenal between housing and our mm-hmm. health colleagues. And so we've uh, been working with um, clinical commissioning groups and housing and care um, um, partners to provide a better service, more joined up service. So we're testing some of that um, in 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 the next few months. Oh, that's brilliant, and that's that might well be something we come back to. Interestingly, it was where this podcast series started from in terms of working better with health and understanding health. So um, that 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 could be one that we we get you back on for Yvonne, if, uh, a, a future day. Um, just before we go, we go into the quick fire rounds. We've got about five minutes left. I, I just want to come back to Jenny because Jenny, you, you really did follow that sort of phrase of leave them wanting more. You were just about to talk to us. You were just about to paint a picture of the future of work. You'd taken the towels off me, off the chair and then you dropped off and it was like, oh my goodness, you left us just at the point where we wanted more. So just, if you could just give us literally a minute just to paint that picture of what you think the future workplace, workspace will look like. And then we're going to go into a quick fire round. I think the future workspace is where we stop calling things offices and we call them a hub. 
um, bit or whatever you want to call them. But basically, we are going to be evaluating why people need to come into the office. Everybody has different needs. There'll be some people that are sharing houses with others. Why are they needing to come into the office? But I think it's really important that we do discuss the fact that we've all gone through this during a pandemic. And I think the future of the workspace, you have to realise that everybody needs to realise, and I'm sure they do, is that I've worked from home for nine years, but I don't work from home. I work anywhere, going back to the Martini principle. And at the moment, we can't work anywhere. So the future of the workspace isn't defined yet because we need to get used to a new normal once restrictions are lifted from a pandemic. So we, I used to work in cafes. I used to meet people and we'd sit next to each other working on completely different things, different lifestyles, different jobs, but we'd sit near to each other so that then at lunchtime we can go, ah, she puts here a bite to eat. And, you know, so people are working in cafes and things like that. And at the moment that's not happening. So I think we also need to look at the future of these work hubs when things are then going back to normal with how we live our lives because I think the loneliness and the fact that we need to come in for collaboration doesn't necessarily have to happen in the workplace either and that we can do that elsewhere and we can support our local businesses and local cafes as well who really desperately need that help at the moment yeah. so I think when we're looking at the future of our workplace we need to wait a bit longer as well and see how yeah. people react and to keep talking to your colleagues as things move forwards and I do believe there needs to be hubs for quite a lot of businesses some people will get rid of them completely but I think have people love having about you know there's a value in freedom of choice and I think that if a company is creating better mental health and well-being and balance for people in their lives then the hubs that they create are very important in that and they need a lot of thought going into how they're designed to make sure that they are supporting everybody in their different needs. Yeah, and, and and I suppose linked to to Avon and and the my lifestyle approach. You know, certainly when we've been trying to explain at Yorkshire Housing the approach that, that Nina mentioned about hub, home, and roam, uh, people really struggle with the roam element at the moment because obviously they're not able to get out. Although we have had to explain to some people, no, not roam in Italy. R O A M. You know, yeah, <laughs> not going to Italy. Uh, we're Yorkshire Housing. So we're in the last two minutes. So I'm going to go into quick fire round. Um, so I'll start with you, Avon. What's the biggest single learning point you've taken from the last 12 months? You've got to take something positive from what has been a, a dreadful once in a hundred year pandemic. But what's the, the biggest positive learning for you that you've taken from the last 12 months? Quick fire. Yeah, quick fire. Resilience. Our team have been fantastic. And the engagement and colleague collaboration has been unbelievable. Great stuff. Same question to you, Nina. We are capable of an awful lot more than we think we're capable of. And what used to be impossible is now entirely possible. Oh, superb. Jenny, give us give us the full set. <laughs> we banned the word office. Oh, perfect, perfect. <laughs> so my final one on the quick fire round is, what one phrase would you use to describe how you and your colleagues are going to be working in the future? And I'll go to, we'll do it in reverse. Jenny, this time. I think I will continue very much as I have been working with people is that I can meet anybody, anywhere, anytime, any place. And I do um, believe that now the best thing will be that I don't get dragged into meetings all around the country and have to travel to get there, that I can have my collaborate, uh, collaborative meetings um, online. So I think that's a really good thing to take in the future is that we can do a lot more now without having to, to travel to get there. That's great. And, and as ever, you don't follow the rules. You're a rule breaker. I said one phrase and you, 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 gave me, you gave me the full suite, so that's even better. Yvonne, one phrase. 
customers first with my lifestyle. Great one. And last but by no means least, Nina, beat that. <laughs> oh, we should have ended on Yvonne there. Um, <laughs> mine is um, actively agile, which is about consciously thinking um, what's the best way to achieve something, not just going back to default. You know, we have to get people together in a meeting room to achieve this particular goal. So actively agile. Thank you. And that, unfortunately, is all we've got time for. So uh, a massive thanks uh, for, for listening in today. Um, a huge thank you to, to Yvonne, Jenny and Nina. Um, I literally could do four or five of these because I've got loads more that I want to chat about. So um, we may well sort of do um, something in season two on this. Our next episode is going to be, big drum roll please, Disruption and Digital. And you'll be able to find that along with all our other episodes uh, via your normal podcast provider. So that's it from me. Uh, thanks once again for listening. Uh, my name is Nick Atkin from Yorkshire Housing. Until next time, stay safe and stay well. Thank you.